Welcome to the Rock of Bay County, Florida, where our vision is to be a multi-generational gathering, moving as one body to bring the glory of Yahweh to this beautiful county and to all the earth. We hope you are encouraged and blessed as you listen to this message. So this building, the Ark building, when I said that we had to take a pause on it, um, there are some things that that took place, and and I, I found myself in this place of trying to make something happen, to try to force to get this done because I felt like it's my responsibility as a leader. So just let me, this is, today I'm telling you, I'm not preaching to you, I'm talking to you about my process. And I just, as a family, want you to be in my process so I don't feel alone, okay? But so I, so as a, as a leader, I have this, not because you or anybody else has ever pressured me. In fact, maybe five people have asked me about that building and they're, they're like family and very close friends that, you know, are really probably asking for me more than they are themselves. So no one has ever pressured me or made me feel like that. So when I say this, I want you to understand I'm not thinking that of you. It's just something I've put on myself. It's time to restore these. I have to get these roofs on. I have to restore the sanctuary. I have to restore the gym. I have to get this little building up because that was the word. And there's so much obvious, you know, things that lined up and we've got to get in there as quickly as, po- as, quickly as possible. We shouldn't be, you know, stuck in, uh, and worrying about the weather. I shouldn't have to look at the app every single day to be like, what's Sunday going to be like? I better go ahead and prepare an email for everybody. Like, I, I don't want to be in that place. So I'm just, I'm Yahweh, what, what in the world? Like, I'm trying, I'm trying. And we hit these things. That's why that song today spoke to me so much, Ben, is these circumstances come up and something happens. And, I, and, and I'm going to tell you just as honest, when that happened, I, I was, I was, frustrated. I was very upset and I was very confused at what is what we're supposed to do. You know, I knew these kinds of days were coming where we're freezing out here or last week when we had to cancel it. And I realized Holy Spirit started to speak to me about the ability to pause. The ability to just stop. To stop trying to do something. To stop trying to make something happen. And he brought to my remembrance stories of like David when he was uh, when he they were attacked by the Amalekites and he took all of their family and their these guys his, he's he's the leader of this army and he's and he's got all of the women and children have been taken and robbed from him and he's sitting there and people are looking at him like dude are you serious like you let our my kids and my wife like I trusted you to lead us in the right place and now I'm sitting here they're gone and I trusted you so now I'm coming after you and and he steps away in a moment like that instead of just going okay well, well, well let's do this let's let's step one let's get out here and let's you know try to find them here you guys go look here you do this you do that instead he does what David does and what David saw very important and he took a pause he stepped away and y'all have heard me talk about the story before but he steps away and he goes by a brook called Bezor and he puts on his ephod and he looks up which is always elevating himself above his circumstances and he pauses to say Yahweh I give this all to you in a moment like this I do not know the answer. And what ends up happening is they cross, he tells, Yahweh tells him, speaks to him and says, I'm going to recover all. But it's out of honor because you came to me in a moment like this. And so many times we've come into a place, I know for me, I'm trying to make something happen. I'm trying to make something happen. I'm trying to get us in somewhere. And I don't stop. I'm so busy trying to be, listen to this, because this is what Yahweh's saying to me right now. I'm so busy trying to be a restorer that I start to forfeit my 
my gift of being a builder. I'm trying to restore something that was in these buildings. I'm trying to restore something that was in, a, in an old day that was meant to be a foundational piece. And I've, and, I've, and, I, and, I've, and I've said, I need to restore that back to what it was. Because then every, there's the glory in that. Because then when we're in there and everybody's like, man, we did it. We got through. You know how many times I've played that service over in my mind? Of us all in there like, yeah, we did it. Woo! But he didn't call me to be a restorer. This whole year we talked about building something, that we're building on the foundation, that we're going to be a build, like we are called to be builders, a family of builders. Yet we come into this place, and I probably in our own lives, where we're constantly trying to restore what was. Because we know there's comfort in that. We know that that at least is a solution. And so for me, I've been trying to restore. I've been trying to restore. And Yahweh's pulled me back and said, pause. When they cross, when he tells them he's going to restore them, you know what that brook actually means? Bezor. It means good news. It means that he has good news, that they had to cross across good news after he gave it back to Yahweh. And so I just see us this morning coming into a place where we, I feel the need to say that to us, is that we are not going to restore what was. We're going to build what is to come. And so, so what does that really mean for us? I don't know. I don't. I, and I, it, but it, it's, it is exciting. It's a good thing. It's good to know that we can take that pressure off. Of what, what I see myself doing is that service that a few weeks ago when we're sitting here talking about Yahweh taking the pressure off of us, taking the anxiety, and we have these, uh, these garbage, or I keep calling them garbage, debris trucks grabbing this debris and throwing it, and it's just, it's speaking to me. What I see myself doing so many times is probably what we've seen is debris trucks come take that trash and we have to take more and throw it out there, you know? But really, it's almost more like us jumping back in the truck and putting it back over here. Because there's so much that I, the pressure that I said, like, you guys didn't give it to me. I've given it to myself. And I'm giving that to him. And the only way that I can do that is, is by being who I'm called to be. And if this, this kingdom thing, this church, this body might not ever look, and we've said this, but I'm talking, to, I'm coming into the, the knowing and reality of this idea that this thing won't look anything like it has. And I believe that what excites me about that is because I believe it'll also look like something that's never been done. And we have tools to restore. We could do it. Or we can pause, step back, and inherit a blueprint for something that has never, ever, 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 ever been done. From glory to glory, ever increasing. How are we going to do that by going back to what it looked, to the, to the very bit of this building looking like it has? I'm going to tell you right now, if it is that we're going to get back in these buildings, look at it right now, take as many pictures as you want, because it will not look like that even physically, and I think that that needs to be something in our own lives. Everything that we walk in in this new day, we, we preached and we, and we prophesied about finality in 2019, that we're putting some things to bed because he wants to do a new thing. He's relentless in that, and every single time that I try to force something to happen, it seems like I run into some brick wall, 
And Eva can tell you, it seems like I come in and I'm like, this is what we're going to do. Yo, I know this is right. I'm going to go. We're going to have this solved. This is going to be, this is going to change everything here. It's going to be great. And then inevitably I'm going to come home and be like, well, that one didn't work either. But I'm realizing this in this story. Our biggest issue right now today is ourselves. Simple, something that everybody says, well, what, you know, that, that's, a, that's an easy preach thing. But what I'm saying is, is that our inability to recognize what is within us, who we are, should change our relationship not only to the Father, but also to ourselves as a family. You know, as, as I relate to my father, my relationship with my father is way different than my relationship to my boys. And the reason is because right now my boys are very binary, black and white, yes, no, have to be that way. That's their access to me. That's their access to, to having my heart. I'm guiding. I have to guide them in everything. I have to walk them through everything. I have to tell Leo no 5,000 times before he listens. You know, I have to, I have to, you know, I have to be that for them. And that really generates our relationship. You know, that really, they're, they're, I say generates our relationship. Obviously, I love them no matter what. But their ability to listen to me helps them along. It helps grow them by them honoring my word to them, right? So they start to grow. But I'm starting to realize my relationship with my father has nothing to do with that. Many times my, my dad has said, you know, I come to him for advice almost every single day. But he said something, and I've had to be a man and say, you know, I see what he's saying, but I know that I'm supposed to go this way. And he, because our relationship is good, releases me in that. But our relationship grows now and is, and is, and is uh, perpetuated and, and is not because I say yes or no. It's because it's all based on, man, what time we spend together. Being on the phone and talking. You know, going out in the woods and hunting together. Throttle time, guys. <laughs> on the bikes. You know, it's... it's it's, it's about spending time together, and Yahweh's brought us into that sonship. That's coming out of, there's many things in our lives and people in, that are going to come in our congregation that are in the black and white yes and no. And as mature sons, it's our job to recognize that and help them walk through that. But as us, as a family, we are coming into a place of just walking with a father in relationship and what he desires. But our ability to see that, to see us as a son, grants us access. And I talk about that. It used to be faithfulness. Faithful. Be faithful. Here's something to do. You got to do this. This is how you, this is how you uh, uh, generate that authority. But now we're coming into a place where all it needs to be is a nearness factor. We need to, we need to see who we are in him and him and us and draw near. And that, you know, Yeshua talks about in, um, in Matthew, he talks about how he sees a family. Many of y'all know that story. I think I have it put down in here somewhere. Um, If I don't, then I won't try to find it here. No, okay, no big deal. But it's but basically, he's taught. There's a there's a moment where he's with his disciples, and and they say that people start yelling, "Hey, your mother and your brother are outside the gates," and he says, "Truly, I say to you, who these are my these are this is my mother and these are my brothers because we're joined by the by the King by Yahweh." We're joined through him, that that makes us family. That is what draws us together. And so as we start to come into this revelation of Yeshua in us, of Christ in us, 
we start to realize that we that that doesn't just bring us closer to him but it brings us closer to us to, to to each other that we really become family we don't just use these terms and i'm blessed to have my fam actual blood family in that same common union and many of you are too but here this morning if you don't you still have this family i'm not just using that terminology what's up drew that's my friend back there y'all say hey to him he's fixed a lot of y'all's roofs So we're so we start to generate family, and so uh, so I want I want Henry, if you're still good to sit, to speak, because he has a great uh, word on this. But I just want to I want to uh, let me make sure before I pull you up here that I'm not going to say anything else. But I just I, I feel this I feel this restoration thing. I feel that this this thing is not meant to be a restoring moment. That this is meant to be a building moment for all of us. Does that make sense to everybody? Am I just like... And Ben, Ben, I said this earlier. This is what one thing I want to give him honor in is, is I, I asked him the other day. I said, I said, Ben, just out of the blue, I was like, what, what's, what's the point in coming together? What, what's the point in church? And this is starting to help me lay some foundation, not foundation, but start to build out the framework on the foundation of what this thing's starting to look like with a family. But I said, you know, what's church? Because, you know, what, I mean, it all looks the same. You get the preacher, you do the music, you do what, like, why, why do we come? And at first he kind of stopped. He's like, well, scripture, he starts pulling out scripture. Well, the Bible says that, and he's like, well, and he kind of, I could, I could see he was kind of just stuck for a moment. And then he kind of bowed up at me, goes, you want to know what? The reason why I gather is because I can get something with a family that I could never get on my own. And that is a good word. That is true. That there is a reason. Like when I come here, I'm, I'm lifted up and I get more out of just being, even whenever I grab this microphone and start talking, like I get something out of being here with you guys. And I just think that's really, really awesome. I didn't plan to be shivering when I'm trying to find what notes I was going to go to. I'm sorry. Give me just a second, because I want to read one thing, Henry, before we jump up here. I, okay, when I was talking about the Brook of Bezor and I was talking about David, one thing that I, I read is this Psalm of David that just makes me so, like, this This is me right now. When I come to this place of, like, not knowing, of not, not knowing the direction, this is what the pause looks like for me. This is what David says. He says, I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of Yahweh in the land of the living. In other words, in today. So he says, wait on the Lord. Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. And this is the pause for me. So many times I'm trying to find the solution, and this is my message, y'all know this, but that I, that I forget to just give it to the source because that's where the solution comes from, right? So many times I'm trying so hard to get through something, to build something, to make something happen that I stop to, I don't stop long enough and say, you know what, this isn't working. So let me just not try to make this happen. Let me step back and just say, Yahweh, what do you have for me? What's next? What's on the blueprint? You read it to me. You show me what's next. But it's easy to say, it's easy to speak, but it's so hard to do, to step back away and take a step back and say, it does not have to look like this. It does not have to happen tomorrow. 
even in our Eva's in my own life, there's been situations and, and things that have come up lately where we've had to make a big decision. And instead of being forced and feeling the pressure to make the decision, we've just decided to take our hands completely off of it and say, no, if I feel pressure in a situation, in a, in, in a decision, then I'm not going to do it. Until I find my peace in that, until he tells me the direction, I'm not going to do that. Henry, go ahead and come on up. Jerry Smith, I saw him, uh, I saw him a couple days ago, and he told me an amazing story. I'm going to shorten it real quick. But he comes, he, this goes along with what uh, Henry wants to share, but Jerry Smith told me a story about the Baja 1000, which is like the most ridiculous, you know, off-road race you could ever do. And he actually was in it. And he, uh, and it was something he dreamed about. And this lady, before he went, he, at his church, gave him this smooth black stone and said, Yahweh told me that in, in, a, in some moment along the course, you're going to come to a place where this thing is not going to work. Like this is, there's no possible way that you're going to see an end in sight. You're not going to be able to, to do what you want to do. And in that moment, I want you to stop where you are, take this stone, drop it, and start to make a declaration of what you want to see. And so he's all right. So he's in his race suit. He's waiting out in the middle of the wilderness. He decided instead of starting the race, he wanted to finish because it's kind of like a relay thing. And, uh, and so his team, it was impossible. They had a fuel leak. There was 50 miles from where they had to get a pit stop to get gas. He was being told by uh, his wife, you know, because she was following him, that uh, there's absolutely no way. They were wanting to call the race. The leader was two hours ahead of them. Like, this is like an all-night overnight type crazy thing. You read about it. But and, and so he was like, but they knew they weren't supposed to do that. And in that moment, he remembered that stone and he drops that stone. and He starts to make the declaration. I don't want to just, I don't want to just be in this race. I want to win this race. And I give this to you, Yahweh. He goes to bed and he wakes up. They get here, they get there late, but some man in the middle of a wilderness at, in night, at night comes and says, Hey, I know y'all are completely out of gas, but I can, I've got fuel. Walk with me. Let's put it in. Well, so as they're going and they start to pass people, the leader drops completely out. The second person, the person in second place drops completely out and they start to pass. And before you know it, when he gets the car, all he has to do is finish and he will win the Baja 1000. So the declaration he makes, and I just believe that we've come into a place of put, it spoke to me about where we are because we don't make enough space for supernatural because we're constantly trying to solve by the natural. And if we're spirit beings, we should be able to take a pause and step back and say, in a moment like this, you can take this place and you can solve this, this issue for me. But I think sometimes we allow ourselves to get so beat down, so, so stuck on the circumstantial things and what's right in front of us that we forget that we serve a supernatural Yahweh. Amen? All right. Amen. You know, Mark, what you're talking about and we were talking about recently with this, this word is that, you know, Apostle used to talk about creating a platform for Yahweh to perform. You remember him saying that several times? So, so that's, that's the opposite way of the world, because the way of the world is to just to do it. You know, the way of Yahweh is to activate our faith, and by do, like Jerry did, he threw that stone down, and he activated his faith. And Holy Spirit showed me something. You know, Mark uh, taught a lot out of 1 Samuel about the story of David, and very quickly, I'll just kind of paint the scene again. But as you know, Yahweh spoke to Samuel, and he said, you know, go find this man named Jesse, and I'm going to anoint one of his sons king. 
And it's interesting that he said, you know, don't focus on his outward appearance. Because I don't look at that. Um, I, I look at the heart. You know, again, the outward appearance, the natural versus the spirit. And it's interesting, you know, Mark taught a lot out of 1 Samuel 16, but in the very next chapter after David is anointed king, what happens? It says that the Spirit of Yahweh was upon him. And that wasn't just because he was anointed with oil. It was because he, he positioned his heart right. It's because he had a heart toward Yahweh. So he's anointed king as, as a king. The, and then he's like, he has to go back out in the field, start tending sheep again. And you know the story. The next chapter is his dad, Jesse, says, Hey, son, you know, I know you're out there taking care of the sheep and playing the harp and... Oh, yeah, and every now and then you're killing a lion and a bear. See, Yahweh had called him, but then Yahweh was preparing him. See, don't despise the day of being out there taking care of the sheep. Because just in the moment that you think you're taking some food to feed everybody else that's doing all the stuff, that's when Yahweh's going to say, pick up those stones and kill the giant. And so what happens is he, David goes, you know the story, and he's got, he's got some cheese and he's got some food. He's, he's just there to feed his brothers, and his brothers are mocking him, saying, you know, why aren't you, what are you doing here? Are you just here to watch? Go, go take care of the sheep, boy. You know, you don't belong here. Boy, I, I, could, I could talk for an hour about how many times in my career I've had people say, oh, Henry, you don't have all the, the stuff. You don't belong here, but Yahweh. So David's there. And he's standing there, and, and, and he's giving them the cheese. You can just see this. And, and all of a sudden, you know, all these people that are very mighty in the natural, and all of a sudden, the giant, the giant who mocks the God that we serve, the giant comes over to the hill again. He says, you know, here I am. Send one of your people to fight me. And if they win, we'll serve you and be your servants. But if, if I win, you're going to serve us. Isn't that interesting how the giant, the, the giant today still... Whether that giant, and, and we all face giants, and that's really what this word's about. And you say, well, what, what's my giant? I don't know. Sh- close your eyes. What's that thing at night that comes and it seems bigger than life to you? That's your giant. Some, to David, it was a Goliath, but it may be a bank, you know, saying there is no way. You got to come to me and let me make you a servant. That's the only way. But then Yahweh's saying, well, why don't you just pause? Why don't you create a platform for me to perform on? And see, think about this for a minute. Think about David. He's standing there, and here's this, this giant, this worldly giant that's standing down there saying, Oh, yeah, your God's nothing. You know, if he's so powerful, then one of you come out here in his name and, and, and fight me. And they're mocking him, and all the soldiers there just trembled. They didn't know what to do. And David's like, Hang on a minute. See, David had prepared a place in his heart, David had faith. David wasn't thinking about the lion and the bear he killed, though he had done that. What he was thinking about is how faithful Yahweh had been back there when he was tending sheep. Sometimes we need to pause to not for other reasons, but we need to pause so we can think back about what Yahweh's done in the past. You know, I'm, I'm preaching to me this morning now because he's dealt with me about this lately too. Stop and just think, man, he's done some incredible things. And David thought about that. And then, and he said, well, I'll go fight him. I, I can take that giant. And then uh, immediately Saul, they were like, you're crazy. There's no way. Because he was looking in the natural sea. But our weapons of our warfare, the weapons of David's warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through Yahweh. Amen. 
And so David in that moment activated his faith. Well, what's the first thing everybody did around him? They wanted to put weight on him. Oh, come over here. Let's put Saul's armor on you. Ugh. So he's like, well, I've never fought a giant before. Yeah, I'll, I'll try the armor. So he gets weighed down. Weight. He, feel, he lets that weight be put on him. That natural thing to protect what's in the natural. And he, and, and he feels that weight and he, tra- he takes a few steps and he's like, I'm, I'm not used to this. I can't, I can't fight the, I can't take the, I don't need that armor. Let's, and, he, and I love that scripture that he, he throws the armor off. And the giant's still over there mocking him. And this is my favorite part. This is, what, this is the word. And in that moment, it's like Holy Spirit says, David looked down and there was a stream or a brook there. And he, and he picks up five smooth stones. See, it wasn't the stones that killed the giant. It was David's faith in that moment to trust Yahweh and to create a platform for him to perform on. And so when we're facing these giants, the world and the natural and everybody around us wants to put this weight on us. They want to put the armor on us. They want to have the bank run to the rescue and make us a slave to debt. But Yahweh's saying, pause. That's a word today, pause. And just give Yahweh an opportunity to perform. Because here, here's the thing. See, David, when he was putting that armor on, he didn't see those five stones. But when he threw that armor off, all of a sudden, Holy Spirit's like, um, David, look down. And all this time, you know how stones become smooth? They get tumbled in that stream. And, and Yahweh had been not only preparing David, he, he had put, he created those stones years before to be smooth and to be rolling and to be laying right. And here's the, the thing. You got stones laying all around your feet that will slay your giant. But sometimes we can't see them because we're trying to put on the armor that everybody else tells us we need. We need to throw that thing away, pause, and let Yahweh show us that there's five stones. And, and then I asked Holy Spirit when, I, when He was showing me this, I said, well, why do you get... Well, the story would have read a lot better, Yahweh, if there had been one stone, right? It's like, you only need, only, I'm only taking one bullet because I'm a good shot. Wouldn't it have been better? I got one stone, man. And I killed the giant. But Yahweh gave him five stones. And, I, and, and Holy Spirit began to say, well, first of all, that's Yahweh's grace. Because even though sometimes we're faith, sometimes it might take more than, than one stone. But, but it didn't in David's case because he had four more stones in his pouch for the next four giants he came into. And if you know the story of David, Saul killed his thousands, but David killed his ten thousands. But in that moment, it wasn't the stone that killed the giant. It was David's faith that activated him to see that giant by the spirit, not by the natural. And he picked up those stones, and you know how the story goes. He, and the other thing is, Holy Spirit, it says that David, not only was he good-looking and all those things, but it says that he, he, had, he made good decisions. He had good judgment. And so that tells me that he knew by the spirit that he could slay that giant if he activated his faith and he made a platform for Yahweh to perform on, and he did. And I just encourage us today, myself as well, that as we think about those things that the enemy brings to us in the form of a giant, whatever it is, and sometimes it's, it's worry, sometimes it's a situation, sometimes it's money, sometimes, I mean, it could be anything. But I encourage us today to activate our faith 
And I'm telling you, when you do, Yahweh is going to show you, Yahweh's going to show you something that was there all along that He destined for the moment that you need it to create more than enough for you to slay that giant and to walk in victory. Amen? Amen. Awesome word. All right, let's stand and do some jumping jacks. So I hear, that's what I've heard, that word all probably for the past two or three weeks is pause. And when he's talking about activating your faith, sometimes we sit there and go, well, how do I do? I just pray in the spirit or something. Sometimes it is just the pause. Sometimes it is just, I'm going to, I'm going to take a step back and he steps in. And that's how it's been in my life right now is I'm taking a step back and he steps in. So I can't tell you what it's going to look like, but I can promise you that wherever we go, it'll be completely led by Holy Spirit. And I won't relent and he won't relent in that. So let's raise our hands real quick. I want to receive this. My mom brought me this a couple weeks ago. You know this, but this is a declaration over this people for today. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of Yahweh our God. They have bowed down and fallen, but we have risen and stand upright. May the king answer us when we call. Amen. Amen. Real quick, let me say this and I'll release you. Is, uh, Pedro, and, Pedro Fuster and Andre Childers both had surgery recently. It went great. I know a lot of you probably have a better update than even I do. Um, and, and I wanted to, to gather and pray for them last week whenever we were, you know, it was, it was impossible pretty much for us to gather. But I, I want you to know if you have anything in, in your own life or you, you want you know, prayer. This is a, you know, Yahweh's house is a house of prayer. Like we, we, we believe in that. And if you have anything in your life that you want to bring to us, if you want to talk to Joanne or you want to talk to me, I I would love to know about that. As a family, I'd like to come into agreement with your word over your own life. So, um, so feel free to, to, to let us know about that. All right. Thank you all for, for coming this morning. I love you all. Be blessed. Thank you for listening. For more information on The Rock of Bay County, please go to therockofbc.org.